Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's Dr. D coming to you live out the living room. <laughs> um, I pray all is well. Boom Factor family is just like one thing after one thing after one thing after one thing. And I just turn on the news to keep update to what I've already been praying and believe in God to touch families, help families, help businesses. And I turn on the news and oh my gosh, it's just like, it's just one thing after one thing after one thing. And and I'm just like, Father, these people are not hearing you. And I'm just going to be honest with you guys. We think this is it. This is just the beginning of all this chaos. It's like nobody is not taking this seriously. You got storms, plagues, um, loss of life. They still got, you know, hate crimes happening and death of black folks and this coronavirus. And now the president, I'm hearing he tripping off of Twitter. First of all, you should be trying to run this company, this country more affected than worrying about dog on Twitter and and I see that he's only mad because Twitter fact checked some a statement he made. Well they do that to all of us. So what makes you different? You the president, okay? Speak on what you know is true. And he be throwing stuff out there. I don't know if anybody else paying attention, but this this president have a, a psychosis mentality. He has a narcissist psychosis way of his home life. Do you feel like everything is around him, revolves around him, and it is what it is? And I just tell you, it's it just, it's just not. It's like no, 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 no. You're gonna throw off people about mail-in ballots when it's not even been confirmed or whatever. So you mean tell me people gonna be waiting at home? For to do the uh, election valid through the mail, which it haven't even been approved or anything yet, but now you want to sign an executive order against Twitter? Oh, come on. Come on. That That's what you're going to use your power for? Something that's not even going to add, add to a family household? I, I just don't understand that, people. That's why I better get on here because I don't want to get on here with my frustrations. But I'm telling you, if if you want to make America great like he say he did, sign an executive order to help the working people in America. Sign an executive order to literally prohibit these big companies to take all this money and you've got all these small businesses closing now that you're supposed to release this money to help and you didn't help the small businesses. You helped the mega businesses that have stores all over the world. And in, in, in the hotel, I don't even know if they did even help the hotel. Because some people that I know that worked in the hotel, they ain't got called back to work. You see what I'm saying? The airports and stuff is still not full capacity. Which is not gonna be. I mean, doing the executive order that's gonna count. I felt like to sell that, that, that um, through this pandemic, 
and to really get America back on its feet properly, why he didn't sign an executive order and say, you know what, we're going to wait this out for the next six months. Let's stay inside. We're going to release money. Um, we can get food, A, B, C, D, F, G. But we're going to sign an executive order that all banks, all uh, landlords throughout the state just waive everything. You don't have to even do any paperwork or whatever except for what you have to do. But we just sign an order that waive everything for the six months. Let's keep let's keep America safe. Let's keep America indoors. If you got to go to the store, go call, get it delivered, whatever needs to be done. You know, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm saying about, um, this is what I'm saying about signing an executive order that counts. If it really matters, okay, sign an executive order to stop all this police brutality, okay? Sign an executive order to, to, to increase the minimum wage so people don't have to worry about depression and suicide and and, and, and murder, suicide, and all this kind of stuff that is happening. You know, um, it is so much foolery that is happening. It's just, I'm telling you. I'm seeing something else that got on the news. Because there is a special economic relationship between the two. Where by law, the U.S. looks at Hong Kong as a separate entity from China. Now, if that ends, then Hong Kong is China. And there will be no more visa-free travel or easy trade between the two. So there's a lot at stake. So, David, these protests are going to continue. Their pockets already developing today. So on the streets of Hong Kong and in the corridors of power between China and the U.S., tensions are definitely and the U.S. calling for meeting of the U.N. Security Council on this uh, as well. Tessa, thank you very much. See, that's what I'm saying. Is is and look, the Wall Street, the, Wall Street, the money still going up. You see what I'm saying? But keep the optimism in check. Wall Street is just increasing, increasing, but yet they got all these people that's unemployed. Individuals still waiting for unemployment checks. Something is is totally wrong here. It's out of balance. And the best thing I can encourage anybody, right now, you best be in balance with, (laughs) with the Lord. You know, that that's the only thing that's gonna gonna going to hang on. We do get see. those claims numbers today and the expectation from the Labor Department is it will be in excess of two million filing for insurance for wow. the weekend. Two million people filing for uninsured unemployment. 
Okay, so, um, so that's where Dr. D is. I, um, finishing up a project and about to start a new one. With that, so far, uh, my health is restoring. Yay! My voice is restoring. And, uh, thank God, I mean, hey, (laughs) I tell you what. All things do work together for good, you know. Before COVID, I couldn't get my medicine. I couldn't uh, afford the medicine. Couldn't see the doctor or whatever. Now, they literally shipped me my medicine. I had to pay anything. So that's a good thing. It's a good sign. So uh, you just got to look for the positive in the midst of the negative, you guys. That's all I guess I can share with you today and know that... um, God don't want us to get weary. All right. Don't get weary in well-doing. And I know a lot of stuff you're seeing on television, you're hearing from your friends. Stop rehearsing all of that. Pray, pray, pray. Thank the Lord for what he's doing in your life and protecting your family. And strive not to get involved with no type of legal issues or whatever because as you see <laughs> it is it, it gets worse and gets worse and gets worse and we have Larry Kramer oh wow Larry Kramer they say playwright playwright Larry Kramer dies at 84 wow have a lot of deaths and my heart still go out to those who um had had loved ones crossed over because of COVID. I had family members, friends, (laughs) uh, cousins that was affected by this coronavirus. And it's really a handful. And it's it's not likely to take. And that's why it just behooves me on how this whole thing is being played out with these citizens in these communities and and yes we do want we do want to get our lives back but let's think about all the other individuals um that want to get their lives back too and 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 you going around spreading this stuff that you don't even know you have it and then somebody else have it and then you don't even remember who you come in contact with this is a serious thing I just don't understand the mindset of people in the local community. 
you know, and, and now they want to scan people with temperature. Well, it's getting hot. So if I'm been outside and I have to go in somewhere and my temperature is a certain thing, I won't be able to get in because my temperature is over 100 degrees. Well, hey, it's about 100 degrees outside. What you expect? So even with that, it just, I don't know. It's, I don't even understand how this, this system is planning out. Who is really strategizing for a more uh, cohesive response to society. It's just it's like well the people with the common sense you got all these individuals right um, professionals and they're not even taking heed to the professionals. You know it's like they don't know what they're talking about. We're just going to do this here. Trump he just worrying about his election now you know, and he thinking everything is all right. Man, come on now. It's, 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 where's your heart? You know, where's your heart? That's all, that's all I'm asking. Where's your heart? And, um, I guess I'll just holler at you guys later. My, my, they do have a petition for, um, Mr. Floyd. The ones who the policemen killed in in Minneapolis, get that petition and sign that petition. I mean, I was sharing with somebody the other day. The only way that we really can make a difference now, we can protest and pray, but we got to get in and change these laws, man. Uh, we we really have to make a stand legally and put things on the books, cause this is ridiculous and. It's not even minimizing. It's heightening. You have, like, every day a black person is still being killed, still dying, still being arrested. Policemen still being called on a black individual just for doing simple stuff. It still have a lot of hate and this stigma about white folks and black folks. And it's just horrible. And we were at, um, we, we are in a time for for unity and diversity and the police you know like somebody put up there the nuclear class claim is a police department you know what i'm starting to really believe that because even when you when you even see the the captain responding yeah see this all they can say See, the video showed that he already had... Officers removed him from a parked car and handcuffed him before they let him across the street. This is very hard. It's very hard. I mean, that is horrible. He was a former college basketball player who mostly worked as a truck driver and security guard. He was 46 years old. 46 years old. You took that man like... And, and, and from and from what I'm gathering, somebody know him out here. Um, that he he also worked as a a a, a bouncer or something, and they give him they tip him, and so like the 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 store guy just said, yeah, the, the money was. I don't think he knew it was counterfeit but normally this is how he is but first of all why would you call the police on a counterfeit $20 bill only thing you're supposed to do is report that to 
the authorities, right? Or I don't even know how that really works, but at the end of the day, that young man did not deserve to die like that. Hatefully, you know, and just took his life from him over something that they already had apprehended him high in the world that he gets on the ground with your knee in his neck. Well, and they showing him he going all around the country and stuff now. Him and his wife, they ain't wearing no mask. So that's why people feel like, oh, well, the president ain't wearing no mask. I ain't wearing no mask. You see how arrogant this man is? You walk into facilities and everything, and you may be the main one spreading the doggone virus. You see what I'm saying? This That is just aggravating how people, how in leaders are so hypocritical. Everybody else wearing a mask except you. What makes you so different than everybody else that you won't even wear a mask to show an example? Man, come on. Well, this Dr. D and her rant, I'm just trying to understand these executive orders again. It it just it just behooves me. You know how you're gonna waste an executive order on something that don't even gonna fade out. Let's put it like that. But you just worrying about yourself and your election, you know. And to be honest with you, people just tired of you just talking. That's all. You just talking, talking, and you don't even know what you're talking about. That's what that is. Just talking. God bless you guys. Take care of yourself out there, okay? It's Dr. D. Um, Blessings. that New York has or the resources to respond. The ongoing struggle comes as Disney laid out plans to reopen July 11th, similar to those offered by Six Flags, calling for temperature checks, masks, and social distancing in line. With some restaurants taking reservations, the CDC advises reduce seating and partitions between guests. Sam Brock is in South Beach. On Ocean Drive in Miami Beach, restaurants for the first time today can serve diners on site, spreading out into the street to make it happen. But with hotels and beaches not opening for another week, the question is, will diners even come? Across the country in Vegas, casinos are rolling the dice on opening their doors next week. While around Los Angeles, some shops got back to business for the first time in months. I to get to know Sam. The nation's second largest school district is working on its plan to bring children back to campus in L.A. It could include 16 kids to a classroom, children eating their lunch at their own desks, every child being given one ball to play alone, and staggered school days. As our country moves forward, there is heartbreak in looking back. Cody Lister was so much more than just a number in today's grim milestone of lives lost. Cody was the most kind, giving, compassionate, loving person you would ever meet. The pain from one family, part of the collective grief of a nation. 
Miguel Almaguer, NBC News, Los Angeles. Well, scientists work furiously on a vaccine for COVID-19. Some new insights to how Americans feel about it. According to a poll by the Associated Press, only half of Americans said they would get the vaccine. 31% were unsure, while another one in five said they'd refuse the vaccine altogether. Among this group who would not get vaccinated, their biggest concern were potential side effects. Well, let's turn now to what's left of Tropical Storm Bertha and NBC meteorologist Janessa Webb. Janessa, good morning. Yeah, we had a tropical storm. Now it's a depression as we see it make its way across the Carolina coastline and inland areas, even Ohio Valley going to start to see that. Also taking a look at the launch yesterday, we had that cancellation. And right now, look at Florida, nice and dry across that area. So we are watching for a potential launch at 322 a Saturday afternoon. And look at this, the storms are going to be sparking up once again. This will be a very close call. I do think we have a better shot for Sunday as some of these storms start to clear out. Now you can start to see the remnants of a Bertha making its way into the Ohio Valley. These storms sparking up. Bertha, we had our and second hurricane. Wow. Wow, that's interesting. I think the, the other one was what, Elwood. The first one was Elwood. So that's the status for the COVID-19. You have all these... Uh, individuals that have lost their lives, family members, uh, different states are opening up. And my most concern is these major, major parks. I just like, um, that's my real concern. Uh, these parks, the venues, it's just too fast. It's just too fast. So, Take care of yourself, you guys. This is Dr. D. That's it. For real. It's, and it's just... As dangerous, as immoral, as untrustworthy. So when they have interactions with law enforcement, we don't get a presumption of innocence. Aziza Young is a mother of five who lives in suburban Philadelphia. She says seeing black men killed this way, George Floyd in Minnesota, Ahmaud Arbery in Georgia, is deeply disturbing. When I saw the Ahmaud video, actually seeing him get shot and then running off and seeing him fall, the first thing that came to my mind was, what if that was my son? I can't just go out and enjoy myself without thinking that there's going to be repercussions to my actions, bad repercussions to my actions that could get me killed. We first met this family in 2017. Her son was just 15 years old. It hurts because my life just seems like it's nothing in the United States. He had just seen the video that was live streamed online showing a police officer in suburban St. Paul, Minnesota, shooting and killing Philando Castile. He shared this takeaway on Facebook saying, We can't even go outside without having to be scared for our lives. Young and her husband told Nightline's co-anchor Byron Pitts that they blamed America for their son's feelings. What do you think of some of the unique burdens of being a parent to a black child, particularly a black boy? Safety. Like, I always have to worry about his safety. So I, I believe he's prejudged before people actually get to know him. You're powerless. You feel like you cannot do anything about it. I am only 15 years old, and I fear that 
I'm possibly gonna die before I even turn 18. Three years later, some things have changed and so much has not. I'm now 18 years old. I'm very happy that I've made it as far as I have in my life. Um, but for me, every day, it's a fight for survival. The prejudice and the racism that is at the root of so many of these incidents is by no means brand new. In 1955, Carolyn Bryant Donham told authorities in Mississippi that 14-year-old Emmett Till whistled and flirted with her at her family's grocery store. Days later, her husband and his brother kidnapped the boy, tortured him, and then shot him in the head. And in the end, they were acquitted of murder. It took her 62 years to admit it, but in 2017, she confessed to a historian that she lied. This isn't just a case of mistaken identity or somebody getting the story wrong. These are outright and deliberate attempts to weaponize lies to harm black folk. We are people. We feel pain. We feel empathy. We have feelings. And to, and to exterminate someone because of the color of their skin is, 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 is that's the double. The kids today would call Donna McCarran, like the woman in Oakland who famously called police on a black family having a barbecue at a park. Over this Memorial Day weekend alone, there were at least three widely shared stories of white Americans finding black Americans suspicious or blaming them for something they did not do. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. What started off as a dispute in Central Park over a dog off its leash turned into this. I'm being threatened by a man in the rim. In this dramatic performance, she told police she was in danger when she wasn't. Video of what happened has cost her both her job and her dog. I have a hard time being overly sympathetic for her. She's educated enough to know what is going to happen or could happen when the police come because she called them. Tim Wise is the author of the book White Like Me. Sorry, I'm asking you to stop. Amy Cooper says that the black man behind the camera was trying to feed treats to her dog. She has since publicly apologized, saying she made false assumptions about his intentions. If you live in a society where you have been told to fear black folks, not just to fear, yeah. but to have contempt for black and brown bodies. Even if you're a decent person, 99.9% .9 of the time, you are still being conditioned to react in that way. But Wise hopes that during these troubled times, more Americans can learn empathy. And the next time a person of color is saying to us what their experience is like, maybe we'll actually be able to hear them because we'll be able to go back to this moment when we too were having to second guess our safety everywhere we went. The institutionalized racism that we experience every day um, cannot we black people can't get rid of that I think we can push for change I think we can you know ask our uh, our white co-allies in, in in this fight to help out as much as possible but for us to do it ourselves or to think that if we fix ourselves it's magically going to disappear that's 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 an illusion Mike Young and his wife Aziza pray for the continued safety of their son, Ichay. The 18-year-old says he's sick and tired of being sick and tired. So he's going to try and help change the system by joining the police force. I feel like if, if the law doesn't change and who is involved in it, then nothing else is going to change. Their message to America, please don't criminalize blackness. I hope that I have a long, very adventurous life.
and that it doesn't get cut short because somebody wanted to prove something. Hi, you guys. So I am, um, first of all, what's up, what's up, what's up? Just want to take this time out to, to just document the stuff that is happening, how they are criminalizing us as individuals, black folks, people of color. But in the midst of all of it in America still it's still the black race that still have no justice when it comes down to issues like we are facing right now. So I um just want to make sure I have it documented and making a statement that I do not agree (laughs) with what is happening in this society against our people and as black individuals that have not only built this country, our forefathers made America what it is. And enough is enough. It's time for the white race, you know, they still have this black stigmata stuck in their brain the way they're being trained because you have to be trained for this to be happening for this generation in 2020. And we're still dealing with issues like this in 2020. Come on. It's only been like, what, 50 years? Excuse me, 50 years. Since the death of, of what, Martin Luther King. So, so, so what's, what's the problem? So I want you guys just to enjoy or just hear what's happening. Okay, they're talking about Prima. But, um... It's really interesting. It really is. And they always want to try to bring up the negative side. a black person you know all of us go through something you know I think we'll be okay but it's not sustainable and um we need to open up there's a question can we even make money if we reopen giving the new social distancing guidelines okay they doing something else alright you guys so I um just letting that come in doing something about reopening and the death toll of the COVID. They quick to change that subject on the news, huh? <laughs> I 
Alright, we'll just drop the D and I will share with you guys later.
Well, Lindsay, I can tell you people here in Minneapolis, across the country, maybe even across the world, were wait waiting for this press conference, waiting, anticipating possibly charges, but that did not happen. What officials said at this press conference was that they are still working on this case. They are still examining the evidence. And what is that to examine? As part of this investigation. Wow. They to highlight that they don't usually have press conferences like this. How are you going to keep examining law enforcement that they wanted to acknowledge that they are working on it. Now, Lindsay, I also want to mention, we also learned today, late today, that uh, police records show that the officer that had his knee on George Floyd had actually had 18 complaints filed against him. He had been disciplined twice. Uh, tonight here, uh, as you can hear some of the noise behind me, uh, everyone here hoping for peace. Of Lindsay? course. All right, Alex Perez, thanks so much for your ongoing reporting. Let's bring in Ben Crump, the attorney for George Floyd's family. Thank you so much for talking with us tonight, Mr. Crump. Three days after George Floyd's death, there are still no arrests. Michael Freeman from the Minneapolis Prosecutor's Office said today that they are working as fast as they can, but they have to do this right, was what he said. The prosecutor suggested that there could be evidence that does not support criminal charges against the police officers. Do you have any idea what that evidence could be, and are you satisfied with that response? The family of George Floyd is not satisfied with that response because we all saw the video and the video, you know, provides all the probable cause you would yeah. need to, to charge these people who uh, had no consideration, uh, no regard for, for his life. life of George That's Floyd right. As they stand their knee on his neck, not for one minute, not for two minutes, not for three minutes. All the way eight minutes, and while he's asking for them to remove their knee, saying I can't breathe, even the people, the general public, were telling the police to take your knee off his neck because you're killing them. And what's so horrific about it is the fact that the police are supposed to be the ones trained to de-escalate a situation, but it seems to be the lay people trying to get the police to de-escalate the situation while the police was escalating the situation and it is just tragic. The last minutes of George Floyd's life, him begging for breath and it is murder. And as you well know, parts of Minneapolis have erupted over the death of George Floyd with lots of protests. And Floyd's family has thanked the protesters but urged them to remain peaceful. The Minnesota governor today activated the National Guard. When you first heard that that was going to happen, was that an indication to you that charges were not going to be forthcoming today? And is that the right thing to do to bring in the National Guard? Well, you know, it's troubling to me as a civil rights lawyer because we just watched a couple of weeks ago uh, armed militia go to the state capital of Michigan to exercise their First Amendment constitutional rights to free speech. But when black people come to exercise our constitutional rights to free speech for George Floyd, we are met with now the National Guard, tear gas, rubber bullets, and arrests. It just seems to be two Americas. Uh, one justice system for white America and another justice system for black America. And we need equal justice for the That's United right. States of America. And that is not what we're seeing in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we're learning more about the police officers involved in George Floyd's arrest and death. Officer Derek Chauvin, the man uh, who was said to have pinned Floyd down by the neck, had previously been involved in 18 complaints and had been disciplined twice. What do you make of that? Yeah. 
they, there was a pattern and policy within the, uh, the Minneapolis Police Department that they either condoned what he was doing or they consented to what he was doing because 18 complaints where there's smoke, there's fire. And we saw the fire that caused George Floyd his life, and now there's fire on the streets of Minneapolis. President Trump and the Attorney General are said to be monitoring this case. Do you have confidence in the Justice Department as well as the Minneapolis police? The family has no confidence in any law enforcement right now, especially when they released a police report that clearly had false information and left out pertinent information saying that George Floyd died because of a medical condition and said nothing about the police officer having a knee on his neck for almost eight minutes. And then you look at the fact that they said he was resisting arrest. Look at the video for yourself, all of the surveillance video. He was a man who was handcuffed face down. Even when they put him in handcuffs, he submitted to them yeah. taking him into custody. So why is it when black people are accused of non-violent criminal allegations like Eric Gardner with the Lucy Cigarette in New York and then George Floyd with this uh, alleged forgery allegation met with excessive lethal force? What is it about black men that the police see is so dangerous that they have to keep killing us even though we're unarmed. Well, in addition to Floyd's family, of course, you also represent the families of Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, two black men and one black woman who were recently killed. The Floyd and Ahmaud killings were both videotaped. Taylor's was not. How big of a difference does that make? Oh, videotape is very important because it lets us witness with our own eyes things that we cannot unsee. And when you witness the truth, you believe that truth equals justice. And so what we're hoping, just like in the Maude Aubrey case, once you can visually see it, once you have ocular proof, America, you cannot look away. You cannot deny his family the justice that they deserve. And you're right, with the video, there are certain things that we cannot unsee. Ben Crump, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. And next, as we've reported, the death toll from COVID-19 continues to grow. More than 100,000 lives in this country lost to the coronavirus. A sobering reminder of the devastating impact this virus has had on so many Americans. The economic impact is also difficult to comprehend. 40 million people, that's one in four working Americans, or to put it another way, more people are now unemployed than live in the entire state of California, our nation's most populous state. And that's where Chief National Correspondent Matt Gutman is taking a look at the scope of this national tragedy. That wall of handcrafted tributes, part of a growing memorial outside of Brooklyn Cemetery tonight, and just miles away, this 20,000 square foot testament to healthcare workers. The gravity of that milestone, 100,000 lives lost, marked by the physician who's guided the country from the beginning. 100,000 people is just really historic in, in, the, in the public health impact it's had on us. World wars, depressions, 9-11, uh, this falls in that category. You know, we've got to pull together as a nation to get over this. Cases of the virus still rising in 17 states, including Wisconsin today, which hit a record high. 
And in Washington state, half of all new infections are in people under 40. That is the virus's crushing toll on American livelihoods also becoming more clear. 40 million people laid off. That's one in four working Americans. And it's believed more than 40% of those people won't have jobs to go back to when this is over. You can feel that need here in Los Angeles. Over a thousand cars in this food distribution line. The traffic just to get in stretches for more than a mile. And sneaking through it, we found Laura Bariga, her four little ones, back in their car seats. How important is this consignment of food for you today, these boxes? Very important. I mean, it helps me out. Like I said, I have four little ones. I barely work. And, you know, this is helping out a lot. And a new obstacle tonight for the millions who've lost jobs. Now renters risk losing homes. Many states could soon enforce evictions. What's the next steps for you? Homelessness. Michelle Lewis is losing her home of 12 years. The locks changed this week after a court ruled against her. She's a food vendor in Mesa, Arizona. Wow. Used to at sporting events, but the crowds are all gone. Wow. That's sad. See, that's a shame. And that's what they should have a... That's a doggone shame. See, that's the executive order right there. Should be to help people to keep their homes. Now make no sense. Like he really did something, man. Let me stop. Hello, how you doing? This is Dr. D coming to you live with the Boom Factor, which stands for Believers Overcome with Unlimited Manifestation. I'm so excited you stopped by. You are literally tuned in to my live audio diary of my life with mental and spiritual support to help you sustain your life from the inside out. I represent independent artists, entrepreneurs, self-published authors, ministers, missionaries. Whatever issues that you deal with that you may think that nobody have dealt with, just tune in. Dr. D probably have touched on it and went through it. So come on, share my link 
And I appreciate you taking time out to download the free app. And if you have something else you want to discuss, just leave me a message. Until then, be blessed.